Good day, everyone. This is Matt, and welcome to another Overflow Pod as we are going through Psalm 23, looking at the goodness of God in our daily lives. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right path for his name's sake. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a banquet for me in front of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, Psalm 23 is one of the most famous passages in the Bible. It is full of comfort, full of God taking care of us. And there are a lot of metaphors in this passage. David is a shepherd and he's using the shepherd motif, talking about all the ways that God wants to bless your life. And in this pod, I want us to focus on the meaning of verse four, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, what in the world does that mean? Your rod and your staff. These are clearly two kinds of sticks. How in the world can they bring comfort to your life? So what is a rod and what is a staff? What do they symbolize? And what benefits do they represent? How in the world can these two tools that a shepherd uses, a sheep herder, you know, shepherding sheep, how in the world can they bring comfort to our lives several thousand years later? The rod and staff are two ancient tools that have been used by shepherds for thousands upon thousands of years. Now, the rod is a defensive tool. You use it against predators like wolves and anybody who's trying to attack your sheep. See, the rod is used for guarding and protecting. Sheep are essentially defenseless animals. They don't have claws. They don't run fast. Their teeth aren't very sharp. And because they eat grass, they're pretty defenseless. They're slow. And to be honest, they're pretty dumb. And without a shepherd, they are prey to any kind of predator, wolves or anything else like that. Somebody's got to protect them. And the rod is a defensive tool to fight against predators or enemies or adversaries or things like that. Now, a staff is for guiding and directing. Because sheep have a tendency to wander, a shepherd's staff has a little crook in it. And you can pull them with a crook or you can poke them with the staff. It's kind of like that old saying, by hook or by crook, you're controlling them. Sheep have an ability to graze on extremely difficult terrain. They can stand on a hillside at almost a 50, 60, 70 degree angle. Now, cows could never graze on anything like that. But while they can be on mountains and they can be on cliffs, they can also be near edges. And they often fall off because they're dumb. And unlike the mountain goat, they often get out of balance. This end of the staff, the crooked part, the shepherd's crook, you would either use around the sheep's foot or their neck. For instance, if they're about to fall off, you can grab them by the neck and pull them back fast without you getting near to the edge of the cliff. Or if a sheep goes into a bush full of thorns, you can't just pull the sheep out. But if you have that staff with the crook, you can like pull them out there by their leg. It's a tool of recovery. It's a tool for protection. It's a tool to get you out of a tight jam. Now, universally, the shepherd's staff is a symbol of that. That's what they're used for. And they've been used that way literally for thousands of years. So what's the meaning of this tool? Well, the rod represents power and authority. The shepherd's staff and rod are found as far back as Egyptian hieroglyphics. You should go look at them sometimes. 
And sometimes they have a rod in one hand and a staff in the other. And sometimes it's it's called a flail, but it's essentially a rod and a staff. And saying, I'm both the protector of my nation, I'm in charge, I'm the authority. While the staff represents care and compassion. Now, how do we get comfort from that? Well, let's look first at what Jesus says about it. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 says, Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Throughout the Bible, sheep are a symbol for God's people. The church is called the flock of God, and we are his sheep, and we are his flock, and are the sheep of his pastures. That's what it says in Psalms. John 10, 10 and 11, God's word translation says, I came so that my sheep will have life. This is Jesus talking. And everything they need. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Now, if Jesus is the good shepherd, we need to figure out what that means. How does Jesus treat the sheep? If we're supposed to be the flock of God and he's the good shepherd, well, what does that mean? As we look at the goodness of God, and in Psalm 23, we're listing 10 different things that the good shepherd does in your life. And the Lord is my shepherd. How does the Lord respond to you? Just as a physical shepherd, he used the physical tools of the rod and the staff for direction and protection, for guidance, for guarding. And God wants to do both of these things in your life as well. He wants to guide you and guard you. He wants to protect you as well as direct you. Now look at the actual words of Jesus in these areas. We're going to look at five ways Jesus wants to treat you if you'll trust him. The first way is if I bring in my hurts, Jesus shows me compassion. When I come close to God, I say, God, I got a problem. I got a problem in my finances. I got a problem in my emotions. I have a problem in my relationships. I'm really hurting here. I'm weak. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm angry. I've been hurt. I've been betrayed. Someone's been faithful to me. When I bring my hurts, Jesus responds. How? He doesn't scold you. He serves you. He doesn't put you down. He lifts you up. He doesn't hassle you. He heals you. Matthew 9, 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, his heart was filled with compassion for them because they were hurting and didn't know where to get help. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, how you look at people determines a lot and tells us a lot about what's in your heart. When I look at a crowd, I'll be honest, I'm often irritated. I think of a loss of privacy. I think of a lot of things. I think how it's going to get in my way, how it's slowing me down, how it's annoying. Get out of here. But the Bible says when Jesus looked at the crowd, he was moved with compassion because they were hurting. They were helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, a lot of times we don't see people this way because we're not looking for it. We just see people and we just see an annoyance. We don't put ourselves in their shoes. We don't understand what's going on in their lives because we just don't care. But that's not the way that God looks at our problems. He looks at our hurts. He's compassionate. Now, what does that mean? Well, here's the difference between empathy, sympathy, and compassion. Sympathy Oh, I'm sorry you're hurt. You can send a sympathy card. I'm sorry you're hurt. You know, we're all pretty much sympathetic towards each other. Now, a little bit deeper is empathy. And this is usually shown to our close friends. Empathy means I'm, I hurt with you. When I empathize, it's more than I'm sorry you're hurt. It's I'm hurting because you're hurting. Now, compassion means I will do anything I can to stop your hurt. The Bible repeatedly says that when Jesus looked at the people who were in pain, he was moved with compassion. Whoa. 
I will do anything to stop your hurt, even if it means dying on the cross, even if it means having nails nailed through my hands and my feet. That's compassion. I'll do whatever it takes. I will do anything it takes to stop your pain. Matthew 20, 28, Jesus said, this is why I came. The verse says, I came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. He came to show compassion. He says, you know, I came to serve and to give. That is what it means to be a true Christian. Giving and serving define a Christian life. If you don't give, if you don't serve, how in the world can you follow Jesus? Because he said, that's my whole purpose. You know, it's interesting. The paradox of this verse is that when it comes to your relationship, God says, it's not about you. Life is not about you. That you only find your meaning in giving your life away. He says, for, for it's not about you. It's really about God and other people. But when it comes to God, it's the exact opposite. With Jesus, it's all about you. He came to earth for you. He died for you. He suffered for you. He suffered and sacrificed for you. It's all about you from God's point of view. God is unselfish and God wants you to be like him. He wants you to be Christ-like. Christ was not thinking of himself. He was thinking of others. And the same thing is true with you. God wants you to not think of yourself. It's not about you. It's about God and it's about others. But I bring in my hurts and I know that Jesus isn't going to razz me or put me down or scold me or intimidate me. He's going to show compassion because he did it through his whole life, his ministry. Second, if I choose to follow him, Jesus leads me in the right direction. Now, I don't know if you've ever gone to a major city in the world, like, say, London, Tokyo, Paris, and taken a guided tour. But if you've ever done that, you know you learn a whole lot more about a city if you have a guide than if you just were to walk around and say, oh, there's the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> You're going to miss all kinds of important things because you don't know what or where they are. It helps to have a guide. You learn more. You see more. You experience more. It's better than just reading a guide book, having a guide person taking you through the city. It's when you experience the most exploration and you learn the most. The same is true with your life. See, we need a guide through our lives. If you're just walking through your life and on your own, you're missing a lot. If you're just going to go through your life without a guide, without a shepherd, without someone showing you the ropes, without someone who's more experienced in life than you, you're missing a ton. Stuff passes you by that you would have caught if you had a guide with you. Jesus said, if you're going to choose to follow me, I will be your guide. I will be your shepherd and I will lead you in the right direction. Now, as a shepherd, always knows more than the sheep does. Always. Jesus is always going to know more about your life because, well, he created you. He made you. He knows your purpose, even when you don't know your purpose. So what do I do in a particular situation? Psalm 23, 3 says, Jesus leads me in the right path for his namesake. John 10, 4 says, Jesus says, the good shepherd walks ahead of the sheep. And they follow him for they recognize his voice. I want you to notice something. The good shepherd walks ahead of the sheep. They follow him and they recognize his voice. In shepherding, the shepherd always goes first. Why? He's the model. He's mentor. He's leading by example. He's not a cowboy. It's very different than a cowboy. See, a cowboy and a shepherd are two different things. They both kind of herd animals. But one, you drive cattle. But a shepherd leads sheep. 
there's a big difference. You drive cattle from behind. You push them forward. If you ever watched a Western on TV or Netflix or whatever, and you see a cattle drive, they're pushing the cattle from the back. You drive cattle from the back, but you lead sheep from the front. You get out front and they follow you. Now, here's the point. Jesus isn't just going to push you through life. No, 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 no. He's not going to push you to do things you don't want to do, that you're not interested in doing. And he's never going to force you to do something you don't want to do. But as a shepherd, he's going to lead the way. He's going to say, watch how I do it. Look where I go. And if you follow his lead, your life's going to be a whole lot easier, a lot fewer problems, a lot less stress. But if I choose to follow him, he says, I will lead you in the right direction. Now, how do I know he wants to lead me in the right direction? Well, he says it in the Bible. Psalm 26, 3. Your constant love is my guide. Your faithfulness always leads me. Now, this is David who wrote the same guy who wrote the Lord is my shepherd. Lord, you, when you lead me, you lead me with love. This is very important. Jesus always leads you with love, not with laws. Let me explain this. The reason why a lot of people are afraid of God, the reason why a lot of people fear God, the reason why a lot of people don't want to follow God is because they think he's just going to give them a set of rules. Do this, 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 this. and Don't do this, 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 this. But the Bible says, God says, I will lead you with my love, not with my laws. I lead you out of love. That's how the good shepherd leads us. That's how any parent a good parent leads their kids because if kids are led just by laws, if they're saying, okay, don't do this, don't do this, do this, do this, then they'll just become a law body and it won't give them the desire to do it. And then what happens is, is when they grow up, they get to that rebellious stage, which is to me, the second they're born, but usually around the teenage, it really emphasizes knowing I have three teenage kids. I can tell you that it gets stronger as they become a teenager and just giving them laws isn't enough. They'll go, why? Why is that a law? Why should I do that? And all kinds of questions. That's not the best way to parent, the best way to lead. The best way to parent is to lead out of love and say, I love you, so I want you to do this. I love you, so you know I don't want you to get hurt. And sometimes that kind of leading, it's really hard because we just want to say, we just want to lead by, these are the laws, do it. Leading by love can be messy because you can mess up, and I know I have. Because it's harder. It's harder to leave out of love. And every parent wants to lead out of love. Don't get me wrong. But we get exasperated and we just, and after a while we just start leading by the laws instead of leaving out of love. Now, notice Jesus will never get frustrated with you. He will never get exasperated. He will always lead out of love because that's what shepherding is. And that's why we should shepherd our kids by bringing them to the right areas, keeping them back from certain things, ex, you know, keeping them away from some things, exposing them to the right things. And that is tough. And that is really hard to shepherd a child out of love instead of just leading with laws. And it's a daily difficulty with parents. So if you're a parent and you're struggling with this, I get it. I understand because I'm right there with you. But trust in God and say, you know what, God, I need you to show me how to lead like a shepherd over my kids. And you know what? He'll do it. And it's, it is hard, but it is possible. 
That's how the good shepherd leads us. He leads us out of love. So if you're going down the road and you're thinking, God is just a mean God. He just has all these laws. No, no, no. You misunderstand. You got to take a step back and say, you know what? God is leading me out of love. All right. So number three, when, what about when he's leading me? What if I get confused when he's leading me through life? What if I wander off? Well, that's the third thing we need to work. However, we're going to have to wait to the next pod because if I don't stop here, there's no good place to stop unless I want this pod to be an hour long. So I'm going to have to break it up here. I know it's a little early, but literally I can't stop it for another 30 minutes if I, if I don't stop it here. So let's review. The rod and the staff are two symbols of guarding and protecting, guiding and directing that Jesus uses to take care of us each day. And Jesus shows us compassion, gives us direction. And next pod, we're going to look at three more ways that Jesus leads us with his rod and staff. Well, I hope that encourages you today, and I'll see you in the next pod.